Hello and welcome to another episode of Running the Race podcast. RTR is a ministry of First Baptist Church, Gonzales, Louisiana, striving to provide a pastoral perspective on living the Christian life in our day. To learn more about who we are and what we believe, head over to our website, www.fbcg.net. There you can access more episodes of the podcast, view or listen to sermons and services, or use some other great resources that we have at the site. Today's topic is deacons. Brother Jim and I begin our conversation with passages in the New Testament that describe the office and role of a deacon. We take a look at the spiritual qualifications and character qualities of a man who can serve as a deacon and the one main difference between deacons and elders. We also talk about how the calling of a deacon is a spiritual one, despite being a role that often centers around oversight of temporal things. Finally, we share some specifics about what the deacon ministry looks like here at FBC Gonzalez. Again, I'm Jared Lamberth here with Jim Law, and we are going to talk today about uh, deacons. About a year ago on the podcast, we had a wonderful conversation about biblical elders, and today we're going to circle back and talk about the other biblical office deacons. So, uh, Jim, why don't you get us started and tell us a little bit about uh, the difference between the two biblical offices? Uh, I think this is a great opportunity, Jared. Thanks uh, for um, that intro and just thinking about the the biblical offices in the Bible, uh, wanting to to be guided by the scriptures and how our church is uh, organized and what we're committed to. I, I was reminded of Paul's statement to the Philippians in his introduction, where he mentions Timothy as servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. And there he identifies both offices, which he also um, elaborates on in First Timothy 3. And so we've, we've talked about elders, but the, the other role is that of deacon. The root word is uh, to serve. Um, and so they have, have provided um, important ministry in the life of the church for, you know, since, since the beginning. And we um, recently, with the pandemic, have been on hold with regard to um, calling new deacons and, and really being able to yeah. mobilize uh, for hands-on ministry. So it's been nice to see that lifted and uh, really being able to enter back into to, to serving in this way. So we had an important meeting recently with our deacons, yep. wanting to relaunch that ministry. And a couple things that we en- emphasize, Jared, is uh, their walk with God. Um, the character qualities are mentioned in first Timothy three. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just holding up the, the differences between an elder and a deacon, the character qualities are basically the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a distinction that Paul notes in first Timothy that an elder must be able to teach. Right. And so that is to communicate the, uh, the depth of Christian doctrine because there are those who or attacking it, right. <laughs> to be able to defend the faith and to live out the faith and to instruct God's people, instruct them in um, in the Word of God. Sure. The deacon, that requirement's not made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they shouldn't be fully versed in the Bible. They're called right. to live a, a Christian life and um, to e- exemplify godly character. Uh, but the deacons are really charged with caring for, caring for the... Um, the needs in the body, physical needs, temporal needs mm-hmm. of the uh, of the church, right? And so, wanting to recapture that vision and to um, set them free to do that. So we say it a lot, but it really can't be overstated that the callings are very similar. But it really is just an issue of a, a separate. It's a different kind of calling, 
but one's not more important than the other. Oh, no. Yeah, that would be a terrible uh, pride mistake. Yeah. Uh, that would be sinful. Um, when we were transitioning, and we shared this last year on elders, when we, we were transitioning from a typical Southern Baptist model of a deacon council. board or council board, yeah. and a single pastor staff model, um, we we thought we'd really like to transform our deacons meeting into what we would hope a, a plurality of elders would would look like. And right. so we transformed that meeting to deal with um, doctrinal studies and well, we read books and we, we um, talked about difficult pastoral mm-hmm. uh, yeah. matters, church discipline issues. And one of the things that came was, you know, some saying, yeah, I, I really, I'm not into reading books like this. Yeah. I, I really want to serve. I want to cut the grass. I want to fill the Coke machine. You know, we've talked right, about the, right. I want to clean the bathrooms or, you know, I want to serve. I want to, um, but I'm, I'm not really interested in, or really feel a calling to that kind of ministry. Sure. And that's what elders do. And what he was describing is what deacons do yeah. uh, with regard to widows and, um, and taking care of uh, physical needs in the body. Um, so I thought that was really quite a part of our journey is, uh, you know, that there's not a, there's not an elite class class, right at all. It's not a a condescending in any way. It's an issue of calling. And I think we get a little bit of that in Acts chapter six, Mm -hmm. when the apostles are pulled off preaching and prayer and, uh, they're really diverted and something that, um, uh, challenged the, um, the unity of the church and, and Luke gives several summary statements throughout the book of Acts. Mm. And one of them is right after the issue with regard to the neglect or the over, oversight of some of the widows. Um, they were Hellenistic uh, widows, and they were being over overlooked. Yeah. And it was threatening the unity of the church. Which is and, huge. Which is huge. And so the the apostles got together and they said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word word of God to serve tables. Nothing wrong with serving tables. In fact, Jared, I think, um, you know, the, the elders uh, ha- could identify things done in body life here that are very menial. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, I, I think I've teased from time to time, I've done everything here except serve Wednesday night supper. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's not an issue of, of status, uh, but it's an issue of calling. And their resolve was to pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. They needed this navigated well. Mm. They needed this um, overseen. And for them to pour themselves into it would have would have been off-calling and to the neglect of the church and, and the spiritual um, needs. So it's almost an extension of the different types of members in the body we need people to do the thing that God has equipped them and called them to do. And for deacons to do the thing that God has called them to do looses the elders to do the things mm-hmm. that they need to be doing. That's why I've said that our, our move to elders in 2012, I believe it was, was probably the single most strategic and important decision from my perspective. Yeah. It is real. It really set me free to be focused on so many other things uh, that, that uh, really were call specific and, um, and to allow others who are more gifted uh, 
uh, or gifted uh, in that way to handle those matters. But notice this uh, just in the widow crisis and how that was threatening the unity of the church is that they selected these men, Stephen, full of faith and uh, full of the Holy Spirit, Philip and and the others, and they... um, they were set apart, they laid hands on them, and then they were released to do the duty. And notice this summary statement of Luke, and he makes about six or seven of them in the book of Acts. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. This is right after the widow crisis that threatened you know, the church to divide. Mm-hmm. And Luke um, gives that summary statement, the word continued to spread. Yeah. I know. So I think this was the role of deacon is vital. They should be shock absorbers Mm. and taking on uh, the needs, maybe frustrations that can come in body life, whether it's over being overlooked or neglected to be a peacemaker, to to be a shock absorber. It's not helpful if a deacon... Uh, his response to a member in the church is, "Well, I told the elders, you know, and they Not don't listen. Do they don't listen to me either." Right. You know, they, that kind of response. And that, that really goes back to the the, the calling of deacon. It, it can be sometimes hard for folks to understand because there is such a focus on temporal and material management of things within the within the body, but it's a spiritual calling. It's a spiritual mm-hmm. office, and so um, I think that's one of the ways that we see that is that the, this. This brother needs to be spiritually mature. There needs to be a spiritual unity with the other brothers in the body. So many of these different things that it may not make him a great grass cutter necessarily. Yeah, right. But when he hears something like that, can go go to bat for the unity of the church, like mm. we would we would expect someone in leadership to do. I think another thing to bring up is that when we went to an elder led, uh, a congregational polity elder led. The, the deacons became task specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, uh, deacons have shared things that are, you know, on Sunday mornings with offering Lord's Supper, um, those type of things. But they they're not a deliberative body. They don't meet together to you know deliberate and make decisions. They're mm-hmm. they're to help uh, the elders and the oversight and the pastoring of the church. You know, just uh, maybe to look a bit at the at the character qualities in First Timothy three. It is a spiritual office. I think it was Don Carson who said, what's remarkable about the spiritual qualities of 1 Timothy 3 is how unremarkable they are. Yeah, uh, It's not that we're uh, elders and deacons are uh, called to a higher level of living. This is the level that all Christians are to live yeah, by. It's not a super Christian, yeah. Right. So, you know, a desire to serve in this way is a good thing. In fact, in verse one, he uh, Paul said to aspire to leadership. That's an honorable a- ambition. And um, I remember years ago reading Oswald Sa- Sanders' um, classic work, Spiritual Leadership. He begins chapter one with contrasting a good desire, which I just mentioned, with a bad desire. Uh, Jeremiah forty five five. Are you seeking great things for yourself? Don't seek them. Hmm. You know, and that, so there's a balance there, but if a man desires, you don't want someone who doesn't want to do the work. Yeah. I mean, this, this ought to be, this is the only objective criteria we find in scripture for a call to, to ministry leadership. Yeah. And I think this applies to every aspect of the Christian life. What do I desire to do? What do I have a passion to do? What, um, you know, what brings, what do I sense God's pleasure when I'm, when I'm doing these things? And so, you know, to look at these character qualities are, are important, dignified, worthy of respect, 
not double tongued, but sincere, not mm-hmm. given to much wine. He's, you know, not known for as a drinker, uh, not greedy for dishonest gain, not uh, holding the mystery of the faith uh, in a pure conscience. So with a pure conscience, they know what they believe. They should be tested with regard to doctrinal integrity. Right. Um, Charles Spurgeon once said the most suicidal thing a, a church can do is compromise on, on leadership. Right. And so I, I think first Timothy three is the criteria that we look to when calling a deacon and that this is received and approved by the congregation. Mm-hmm. Well, just to maybe Jared, uh, as a kind of a summary of these character qualities, and he goes on to say, not greedy for dishonest gain, holding the mystery of the faith, be first being tested uh, to be a mature Christian, let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their home life needs to honor the Lord. Uh, Philip Ryken uh, once said that uh, the word of a deacon ought to be one of the strongest guarantees in the church. People both inside and outside the church must be able to take deacons at their word. Mm. And so a lot is at stake with those who lead in the church. We often mention that we have hundreds of cars, thousands of cars passing our church facilities every, every day. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what kind of witness does this body have? And a large part of that is how we live our life before our neighbors and, and business. And so certainly leaders in the church need to um, have a, a testimony that's strong and deacons are a part of that. Right. So maybe we could talk, Jared, about how how we utilize deacons in in our FBCG ministry. Uh, we mentioned that it's task specific, right? What do we mean by that? Well, there's a couple different uh, different categories. There there are certain responsibilities that all the deacons share together, namely um, receiving offerings, um, participating with the the uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, the distribution of the elements, the preparation of the Lord's Supper, those those things, and then care for um, the widows in the body, as prescribed in the in the New Testament, but just those who are in need as well. Um, the deacons make an excellent team for for those who maybe they're not technically a widow, but they have great needs that the deacons are able to go and meet. And so, um, so in that sense, all of the deacons participate in one level or another with that. Yes. So here at FBC, we we would assign a, a widow to each deacon. Sometimes we have more deacons. Sometimes we have more widows. Right now, I think we have uh, two more widows than we have deacons. We have about twenty deacons uh, on our on our team right now, um, and so they're all assigned uh, at least one. A couple of the brothers are assigned two, and um, that particular ministry varies mm-hmm. pretty strongly because some of the widows can use all the attention that we can give them that's that they're in great need and uh, maybe even have medical needs, those types of things. And so uh, the deacons and their wives can really put a lot of uh, time and effort and energy into those things. And some of the widows prefer just a call every now and then just to see how they're doing or something like that. So for each deacon, it really uh, depends on who that, who that widow is. But then uh, the ones that are more task specific um, look a little bit more like different, uh, again, temporal needs of the church. So, for example, we have a deacon who oversees our uh, finance team. So he's he's asking leaders throughout the church who have uh, budgetary line items to submit, you know, what they're looking for. And this deacon compiles that and right. That's right, and then presents that to the elders as a as an annual budget 
a proposal and the elders look at that and decide the, the full direction that, that they feel like the church would need to go. But without that deacon being able to put that together, that's, that's an enormous amount of work that um, you may not have someone who's an elder who's gifted to do that. So that, that then gives oversight of other financial things in the church, tellers, uh, those who count the the money that's received, the disbursement, who, who signs the checks. We have a deacon who oversees our, uh, our personnel um, uh, team ministry. And so when we're looking at everything from staff salaries to can we bring on a minister to do thus and such tasks, these are the brothers who... Evaluate, um, evaluate that. And so there's a deacon who uh, helps with uh, with that. actually a couple deacons who help with that. Long range planning is one. Uh, security is a big yeah, one. Right. Uh, now we, ha- we have a Gonzalez police officer who comes uh, every Sunday to, to be with us. It, it became very obvious very quickly that we didn't necessarily want one of our wonderful uh, police officers to be the only one in the foyer when a visitor shows up. You know, they don't know if they're walking into a you know, was there a crime here? What what did I just walk into here? Why is there an officer? And so for a deacon to be posted there or to oversee those who would be posted there to greet someone who's coming in uh, and then to just check things. I was just looking at our list and uh, thinking of some of the things with regard to facilities, um, the sheer number of entrances and exits right. that we have. Is every door locked? How do you know? A deacon is the way you know. We have over 20 air conditioner units and nobody's happy when even one of them stops, stops working in June, July and August. Yeah. In in South Louisiana. How do you, how do you deal with that? You have a deacon that deals with that. Um, How do you, how do you deal with everything from flower beds to, to drainage to all those kind of things? Now you can certainly a church could hire those things out, but we've, we've elected not to do that and to, uh, to be able to, to save that money for other kingdom purposes, because we have men in the body who are able. I think it would be important too to say at this point that um, whether we're talking about the um, the security, uh, are the doors locked? Do they work properly? Whether we're talking about the lawn uh, and flower bed care, the, the property care, um, or even uh, things like the the light bulbs. We have a deacon who's just, he's electrically uh, gifted and uh, oversees all, all of that area. There is some oversight involved. And so one of the things we're, we try to make plain is that the deacons aren't given assignments that, you know, you got to come up here and change every light bulb, uh, you know, or this particular brother who handles the, the lawn care. I don't care if he ever picks up a string trimmer, but it's the oversight of, how, you know, how are these things being accomplished? And if there's a problem, who's, who's the one who's going to handle it? I mean, just the things that we've mentioned in the last two minutes could just be overwhelming, um, in a given week. And so to know there are gifted brothers who are overseeing these things, they're responsible for these things. Maybe you could just, uh, as we come to a close, just uh, what, how one deacon was instrumental in a recent insurance issue. Oh, absolutely. So our uh, one deacon oversees our, um, uh, our church insurance policies. And uh, we had notice of an increase, uh, significant increase uh, in the previous year. And he went right into shopping around and, finding out what that was about and made a, made a judgment call and moved us from one to another. And uh, a month or so later, we have a hurricane come through and take, you know, a quarter of the roof, you know, shingles off the building. 
and what our policy would have been before, uh, we would have been completely on our own. And uh, this new policy that this brother was able to secure for us, um, we got a, a new roof on the whole building because a deacon did his job. And uh, we, that was completely covered. Pray, yes. Praise, praise the Lord yeah, for that. That's a great illustration of what deacons can do yeah. for the church. You know, Jared, I just guess as a summary statement and in, in, in concluding, uh, just that God would bless our deacon ministry mm-hmm. to show the love of Christ, uh, to prove what's excellent under the Lord and the gathering of the church. So it would be true here as it was in uh, Acts 6, that the word of God would continue to increase. And the number of dis- the disciples multiply greatly in Ascension Parish and beyond. Uh, and great many people would come to saving faith in the Lord. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Running the Race podcast. To find out more information about our church and our ministry or for more episodes, be sure to visit our website, www.fbcg.net. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcasts, a positive review would really help us out a lot. Thanks for taking the time to do that. If you found the podcast to be interesting and helpful, recommending us to a friend or family member you think would benefit from listening would be a great thing. We look forward to seeing you again next time. And once again, thanks, God bless, and goodbye for now.